The Greenpeace flagship, the Rainbow Warrior, is a ship with many stories to tell. Year-round, it sails the world's vast oceans, reaching the farthest corners of the planet to expose an underbelly of environmental crimes and destruction hidden far out of sight and mind. This is life for the Rainbow Warrior's crew. The ship is their home, and its stories live with them. Now they're going to tell them. From onboard the ship as it sails around New Zealand, this is Tales from the Rainbow Warrior, a podcast by Ellie Hooper and me, Sophie Schroeder. Episode 1, Captain Fernando. Uh, my name is uh, Fernando Romo. I'm from Spain. I'm, I'm the captain on the ship. Uh, I've been working for Greenpeace for 10 years now. Well, I work in uh, commercial shipping before. Uh, before working for Greenpeace. First I start uh, as a cadet in tankers. I work in ships that they can carry petrol and gasoline and also diesel. But also I work in crude oil uh, cargo ships, tankers, big tankers, as a cadet. And, And then after I moved to passenger ferries and cruise ships. And what made you make such a dramatic change from working on oil tankers so working on the rainbow warrior yeah well actually uh, when i was uh, a cadet on on these tankers uh, we have a situation where we had to clean the tanks in the middle of the mediterranean and so we had to basically uh, spill all the oily water in the sea i wasn't happy but i was only cadet so i talked to the other mates and they many of them told me that well, they didn't have another choice it's just the the company had told them to do this and they are, there's no other choice so you if you say i don't want to do this you just lose, lose your job so that i think it makes a big impact um how i see working in, in this kind of ship so i didn't want to be part of this but at the time i wasn't aware of i could work work for greenpeace i was greenpeace member at the time when I was a child, I'm from the northwest of, of Spain, so I saw how the the French, some French ships were dumping nuclear waste in the in the coast, and out of the coast, but like a 200 miles from the coast, and Greenpeace was doing some actions there, and I think it was the first time I really uh, saw Greenpeace, I realized that I could work for Greenpeace. It was kind of like a dream, impossible to to reach. Like when you think our oh, Greenpeace is not like uh, for everybody, it's just uh, like only like super people. But it's not like this at the end. If you want to do something, you manage. I always want to be a sailor. This from the beginning. I love ships and boats and everything that floats in the water. I, I like it. I realize that it's a really interesting job when you sail uh, around the world. You meet people from everywhere and you are very aware of that we just live in a planet in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I think it's very difficult to get that this idea when you uh, work in a city or you go to the office every day and you are not aware of these things. It is my first time on, on the Rainbow Warriors, Captain. I feel like um, strange in a way, like I've been chief mate for a long time and as a chief mate you, you work with the crew, the maintenance of the ship and as a captain you are more decision maker and it's not like a technically complicated because you are used to it but uh, it's such a new role and it's also the responsibility of the ship also to make the campaign work in many many areas 
It's a little bit overwhelming sometimes, but it's just something that you need to get used to it. We came to New Zealand with the Rainbow Warrior to basically celebrate that um, the new permits for oil drilling has been cancelled. So we are sailing around the country, uh, meeting different group of people and allies, sharing experience. And also to say that we are here again if new ships or new situations arrive again. Uh, that we need to act. We came here in 2013. We did a very similar similar campaign. It was a different situation. The uh, the time was the uh, the the threat of the oil drilling. Uh, so we went to the Auckland Islands in the south and to show the beauty of the islands, the beauty of the New Zealand. But this time is is a little bit different because we come to celebrate what. We expect it to happen and it's nice because after five years you realize that I uh, think we were uh, worried and now we can uh, feel like uh, there is a chain and, and probably in the future will be more changes. When we travel to the Auckland Islands in the south that's such a beautiful and remote place I think it's, uh, it's important to know that New Zealand for, for me, for example, I'm from Spain, so I'm from the, exactly the other side of the planet. So it's like a, a feeling like I'm in the, like in the, in the other end. And it's uh, so beautiful, so unspoiled. Yeah, we have the Rainbow Warrior, we have the Arctic Sunrise, and the Esperanza. The Rainbow Warrior is, this is where we are now, it's a sailing ship. The, it's the third one of the saga, and it's the first time that Greenpeace built a ship. Like, so we need... Uh, efficient engine, we need uh, sails, we need a helideck, we need a conference room, so we put all together all the things we need and then we build the Rainbow Warrior. The Arctic Sunrise is um, it's a very old ship nor for Norway, but it's an icebreaker and that makes us uh, to go to the polar regions like Arctic, Antarctic and do some uh, research. It's a very strong ship. And it's called like the washing the washing machine because it moves a lot and everybody gets sick. And then after we have the Esperanza, the Esperanza, a former Russian firefighting ship. And this was uh, the idea was to have a, a big uh, platform for uh, sailing in the open oceans, especially in the when we did the whaling campaigns. So the ship has to stay for a long time at sea in very rough seas. So we need kind of like big, big ship that we can. Uh, where we can work comfortable. With these three ships, we can cover uh, most of the work we do. And the Rainbow Warrior is a little bit more like our flagship, so it's a representative of Greenpeace. Yeah, I have sailed in all the three ships, and if you ask me what is my favorite, <laughs> I don't know. I like all of them. I like the Rainbow Warrior, it's very special, but the Arctic Sunrise uh, made really amazing trips, especially in the ice. And the Esperanza is a very good ship. It's like a, a strong and big. And Can you tell us about one of your tales from the ocean? <laughs> well, there are many stories. I think for me, the most remarkable thing, uh, like every time I go to the the poles, the, like uh, the North Pole or I mean the Arctic or the Antarctic. And I remember in the Arctic, like a few years ago, we went there and we were got stuck in the ice. We were trying to find um, equipment that we lost under the ice, and we were like searching for a few days. But the ice conditions were getting worse and worse, and at some point we got stuck. 
so we couldn't move like we couldn't uh, the ice went underneath the ship and the ship was like at least in, in top of the ice basically and that was a bit scary because you get there and you cannot do anything and nobody can go to rescue you you realize how small we are and we think like our oh, technology all these things like internet but at the end of the day we just very vulnerable and especially when you're in places like this so we were there for a couple of days try to get uh, free of the ice at the end we managed but it, it was kind of interesting moment where we thought that we might need to abandon the ship in the ice and go with tents and and live there for until we get a rescue and it was like really shocking no like imagine you say oh i have to go like walking in the ice where there are a lot of polar bears they can eat you you know a lot of dangers no? and it's like oh wow we are not so like special no we are like a food for these polar bears and and the ice can break and you can just fall in the sea frozen sea that you die in one in one minute so it's a lot of dangers i was realizing like wow we are really weak at the end of the day how did you guys get free from the ice well there are like a techniques to get rid of the ice we moving boats from one side to the other so the ship will start rocking one side to the other and also changing the we have water in different tanks so start to change the trim of the ship and with the propeller always working and at the end we manage because there is always like a little crack or something that you can get out and it's not like a you know shackleton when the ship would crash in the ice there is like a very strong hull and our ship the arctic sunrise has a shape that in the if the ice can come underneath you just go to the surface and you will be on top of the ice so you will not be crashed yeah people were scared they were scared yeah because they you don't know what's gonna happen no it's a situation that uh, you don't know. You are in the middle of nowhere, far away from everything, and you don't see ships, you don't see anything. It's just no island, nothing. So it's it's scary. Yeah, yeah. it was an interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do when you're not sailing on the Rainbow Warrior? Yeah, I go back home, and uh, I also have a sailing boat. <laughs> so I so sail. Yeah. Sailing. We hope you enjoyed episode one of Tales from the Rainbow Warrior. Join us next time where we'll be hearing more stories from the ship's crew. You can also find our podcast on our website, greenpeace.nz forward slash tales.